Welcome to the Learn, Liken, and Lift podcast. I'm your coach, Carrie Hickenlooper. Let's get started. Episode 163, Uniting and Wrapping Things Up. Okay, I'm just going to start this episode off by apologizing. I think my mic is on its last leg. In fact, I started to record an episode for last week and it was just there was so much crackle in the background. And so I got a new cord. I just hope it's not bothersome because I still hear a little bit of the crackle. But I am so excited today because we are going to wrap up the Book of Alma. I think that's awesome. When you finish the biggest book in the Book of Mormon, the Book of Alma, you've accomplished something and you're on this like downhill slope of finishing the Book of Mormon. And so I'm excited. So let's get started. Last time we spoke, we spoke about how to handle a situation when when someone is a is wrong about us when we're being treated unjustly. And today we're going to pick that up a bit with Moroni's response to Pahoran's letters. And so how did he respond? Remember, this is happening in the 31st year of the reign of the judges. And his response was, he was exceedingly joyful. (laughs) Pahoran wasn't all of the things that Moroni was afraid he was. Pahoran wasn't a traitor. He was still a friend of liberty. And he and he even honored the position of Pahoran, both Pahoran's perspective of the circumstances that he says was happening, but also Pahoran's role as the governor of the Nephites. And so Moroni actually obeys Pahoran's orders with exactness. He does what Pahoran counsels him to do. He takes a small number of men to the land of Gideon, where Pahoran had fled and he left Lehi and Teancum in charge of the rest of the army, just like Pahoran had instructed him to do. And while he is marching to the land of Gideon, he is raising the standard of liberty so that everyone could see him along the way and thousands flocked to him. Thousands were willing to unite their hearts in the cause of liberty with Moroni's heart. So finally, Moroni joins with Pahoran, and both of these men make their march to Zarahemla to battle against Pachus. And he is the man that the king men had put, they'd made him king over, over the land of Zarahemla. And I don't know how long this battle really took, but the battle begins and ends in two verses. <laughs> Pachus is killed in battle, the kingmen are taken prisoner, Pahoran is restored to the judgment seat, and the kingmen are then given a trial and they are executed because that is the law. Remember, they had refused to take up arms against the Lamanites to protect their country. And instead, they had actually colluded with the Lamanites, with the Lamanite king, striking a deal that the Lamanite king could come in and conquer the Nephite nation just as long as they allowed Pachus to be king over, over the land. Shady, right? Yeah, but fortunately, Zarahemla is restored to peace and the issue with the kingmen is finally wrapped up. And also wrapped up is, at this time are the struggles of the other various Nephi armies. Helaman is sent provisions and additional men, and so are Lehi and Teancum. And this allowed them to fortify the lands that they had regained from the Lamanites. And they were able to unify 
we're seeing great examples of unity because unity is stabilizing. Next, Moroni and Pahoran, with their large army that they have with them, they start to make their march to the land of Nephi because they are determined to overthrow the Lamanites. But as they are marching towards Nephi they came across this large Lamanite army. And they were able to conquer this army and take their provisions and take their weapons as well. But it's this part that I find really fascinating. Because once the army had been conquered, the Nephites caused that the Lamanites should enter into a covenant of peace. And I know we've seen that part before, especially at the beginning of our studies of the war chapters. But instead of sending the Lamanites back to the land of Nephi under this covenant of peace, they send them to go live with the anti-Nephi Lehi's, 4,000 of them, along with whatever women and children that would eventually join them. Now, the scriptures don't elaborate at all on the dynamics that are happening here, but I, I think we can appreciate the unity and healing, the forgiveness that would be needed in order for this all to take place, in order for it to be a good idea even. And the Nephi army then marched on and they made it to the land of Nephi and they set up camp and the Lamanites had good sense not to come out. They were not going to come out and fight those Nephites and they stayed tight within the city walls. But at night, Moroni climbs upon the city wall because he wants to see which part of the city the Lamanite army is camped in. And he discovers that they're camped at the east entrance. So he quickly tells his men to prepare strong cords and ladders and one by one they start to drop into the city on the west side of the city. So by morning, all of Moroni's men are within the city. That takes unity, right? To execute such a plan, to to move men in such a way, right? Unity can bring synergy. It can allow us to be able to do something or create something that is greater than what we would have been able to accomplish on our own when we're all working together. And when the Lamanites discover them within the city walls, they flee. And though Moroni's men slayed many, many were able to, to get away and they make their way to the land of Moroni. And again, those that were taken prisoner And those who desired to make a covenant of peace were sent to the anti-Nephi-Lehi's to live with. And they were given the choice to become free men. And their responsibilities became tilling the ground and raising grain and flocks and herds. This was really great for the Nephites. It cleared up so much of their of their manpower and the provisions that they had to use to to feed and take care of Lamanite prisoners. And now these Lamanites had united their hearts. They had covenanted peace. They were seeking a new way. And now they were helping to not only provide for themselves, but also the Nephites. I just I can't help but be impressed with the acceptance that you would need to exercise in order for all of this to work out because unity does require acceptance, accepting hearts, accepting promises that are made, accepting apologies, accepting forgiveness, lots of accepting, accepting that you saw things in one way and now you choose to accept to see them in a new way, to see traditions that maybe you had 
thought patterns that you had and kept and exercise behaviors. And that's what unity requires and enables you to do. And I, I wish that I really could have watched all of this go down because I think it's fascinating for this to be able to happen, I think is a miracle. So back to the Nephi army. Here they've gained back Nephi hot without losing one soul of theirs. And they've greatly reduced the Lamanite army at this point, And they have brought thousands to a covenant of peace. Which again, I'm just so impressed by their integrity that they maintain. The integrity to their purpose. Because after all of these years of fighting, they never became confused about what their purpose was. And they kept their convictions of why they fought and what, their, the, what the limitations of their fighting were. And as they march on, they come upon the land of Lehi and the Lamanites see them and they just flee. So the land of Lehi is now back into the Nephite hands as well. And then they finally reach the land of Moroni. And ironically, this is where it's all going to be wrapped up. And I wonder what was going through their minds. Did they know that this was going to be the end? Did they just feel it in their bones? Finally, everything was going to be wrapped up. And I like to think they knew. (laughs) Maybe I've just been watching too many movies this summer. (laughs) But here at the land of Moroni, which um, I don't know, I just love. It's just so ironic, right? That Captain Moroni is going to be able to finish this battle in the land named after him. But you finally have all the Lamanites have fled there. And Amaron, the Lamanite king, is also there as well. And at this point, Lehi and Teancum have also, along with their men, joined Moroni's army. So this is, it's just a climax, right? Can you just see the movie playing out in your mind? And they're able to surround the land of Moroni. But at this point, everyone is exhausted. So there's no nightly shenanigans being planned. Like Moroni's not getting on the city wall. They're, they're going to sleep. Except Teancum. <laughs> While everyone else was sleeping, Teancum pulls out one of his very successful tricks. He slips into the Lamanite camp again. Just like he had done with Amalekiah the king, Remember? And he finds Amaron, just like he had found Amalekiah. And he throws his javelin at Amaron, just like he had done to Amaron's brother Amalekiah. However, this time, the javelin hits Amaron. Amaron is able to alert his servants before he dies. And those servants chase down Teancum and they kill him. And this makes me so sad. And Moroni and Lehi, they mourn his death too because Teancum, he was a man who fought valiantly for his country. He was a true friend of liberty and he was one tough dude. He had seen many afflictions and survived them. And what makes me sad is that Teancum may have lost his life prematurely because he was so exceedingly angry over the atrocities that these dissenters like Amaron and Amalekiah had caused, how they had stirred up the Lamanites and all of the years of battle that they had engaged in. And I think that even though his heart might have been united with Lehi and Moroni and Pahoran, I think his anger 
may have just caused a little bit of a breach. And I know I can sit in the seat of most advantage, be able to look back on Tian Kum's movements and, and just make judgment of it. But I just, if he knew that just the very next day, this was all going to be wrapped up, I wonder if he would have done it. It's just bittersweet, right? But that's what anger does to us. Anger just, it kind of ruins that synergy, that unity brings to us. It clouds our judgment where there had once been clarity and courage to do hard things. And there you have it. The, the war is wrapped up. They, Moroni, he ends it the next day. And then he's able to fortify the lands. And, and then he returns home to Zarahemla and he sort of retires. He, he gives up command of the army and he bestows it upon his son Moroniha. And Helaman then returns to his home. And once again, he begins preaching the word of God and, and regulating the church just like he had been before. And Bahorin is now sitting upon the judgment seat again. And the people are in the process of needing to select judges and time is spent on cleaning up and regulating their laws because the kingmen had done a number on their system. Because remember, many of these kingmen had been judges over the people. And also the Nephites have another choice to make. Because when someone goes through something hard, something devastating even, a choice is given to each of us on how we're going to perceive it. How will we interpret the hardship we've experienced and we get to determine the impact that we're going to allow that hardship to have upon us i know you want to say i'm wrong i know you want to say that you have no choice but you do in the scriptures in alma chapter 62 verse 41 we see the people that they're making that choice because of the exceedingly great length of the war between themselves and the Lamanites, what effect were they going to allow that hardship to have upon them? Some allowed it to harden them. And then there were some who allowed it to soften them. They allowed their afflictions to humble them and to show them how much they needed God. Isn't that incredible? Same circumstance different results just based on your agency it just depends on what direction you choose to face and what meaning you attach to your circumstances mormon in his summarizing of these events these years he contributes the success of the nephites to the righteous who were in the land but it was because of their righteousness and their prayers that the Nephites were spared. And this gives me so much hope and motivation for our day that our faithful unity can protect us. Even in the dark days, our faithful righteousness can enable God to intervene on our behalf, that not all is lost. So the Nephites return back to their Nephite living. They work hard, they are prospered, they multiply, they wax strong, they become exceedingly rich along the way. And the lessons of their hardships and the practice of their humility in spite of those hardships is evident because many are convinced of their wickedness and they repent 
and they're baptized. And the people, aren't, they aren't slow to remember the Lord. Not during this time. And, and they aren't lifted up in pride. And their humility reminds them of how much they need the Lord in their lives. And in the last chapter of Alma, we see things wrap up and we see our heroes finish out their mortality. In the 35th year of the reign of the judges, Helaman dies and the records are given to his brother Shiblon, who is a just man. And we even get a little update on Corianton as well. The last we heard about him, he was being chastised by his, his father, but we're able to have it verified to us that he too was a just man who walked uprightly before God and he did good continually. The atonement works. Corianton could choose to repent and face a different direction and maybe work out those questions that had been confusing him and causing a little bit of rebelliousness to rise up in him. And isn't that awesome? Isn't that what this gospel living and staying close to the Lord, isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that the opportunity it is to provide to us? And then the following year, Captain Moroni dies. Just five years after the battle ended. I can't even imagine the toll that these wars had upon his body. The weight of the responsibility along with the vigilance by day and the fortifying by night, let alone the brutal combat that each battle had upon him and all of that marching and the soul searching on how he could teach his people to prepare their minds to fortify them and to look to Jesus Christ. But much to his efforts and the efforts of the righteous, the the people are able to prosper and they're able to grow and, and they have this period of time in which they're able to also expand and act upon their curiosities. And it's in the 37th year that 5,400 men, along with their wives and children, they leave Zarahemla and they move to the land northward. And I'm not sure why. I don't, I don't know if they're dissenting or just curious. And, and also during this time, there's a man named Haggoth and he likes to build large boats and he builds a boat and many Nephites get on there along with their provisions and they sail to other lands. And also that happens in the 38th year. He builds a few more boats and more leave. And as I'm studying this, I, I was musing about, I wonder what vulnerabilities this created, these peaceful separations wonder if this weakened them in any way. And it's in the 39th year that I see that my concerns are addressed a little bit. Shivlon dies and before he does, he's able to give the record, the sacred records and the sacred things over to Helaman's son, who's also named Helaman. And he's able to give all the engravings to him. And, and these engravings are then actually written down and sent out to all the Nephites throughout all the land. I wonder if every family was able to get a copy. And I like this because at least if they're going to decide to venture and to maybe pull apart from the main group of Nephites, at least they can choose to take the word of God with them, right? Because this is, it was the word of God that blessed Lehi's seed 
that made his seed different. It was, it enabled them to prosper like they had been able to. It permitted them to unify with God if they desired. It allowed them to not become lost to him, or really, it allowed him to not be lost to them. Right? Remember like Mulek's people? And at least this option was available to them. Oh, yeah, and before we completely end the book of Alma, yeah, there's some dissenters who who get upset and they try and stir things up with the Lamanites, and that isn't successful. Moroniha is able to put a squash to this, and he's able to drive them back. So there you have the book of Alma. What's our takeaway today? I think we can appreciate that contentions are going to happen. Misunderstandings are going to take place. Perceptions are going to drift a little bit. But always remember the big picture and unite on that. And unifying with righteousness, it will stabilize you. It will bring healing. It will create synergy. Especially when acceptance is being exercised. It will increase your protection And it will enable God to intervene on your behalf. Unity enables us to be able to do hard things. Things that we never imagined we'd be able to do, like tilling the ground and sharing our living space with those that we had sworn to hate, that we had sworn were our enemies, enough to kill them. Or allowing ourselves to be wrong about the assumptions we made about others or the way we saw the world to be taught in a different way. I, I hope these principles help you in whatever skirmishes that you have going on with your, in your life right now. I hope that following them will help restore the peace to the lands of your heart and in your mind. Keep praying. Keep praying to the Lord continually. And don't be afraid to change your mind about something that is bothering you. In fact, I want you to pay attention to the war cries of those contentious feelings. They're trying to tell you something. That something you're thinking is out of alignment and you can do something about it when you pay attention. Remember, if it has a face, change your tactics. The face isn't your enemy. So remember that. Seek unity instead. If you aren't slow to remember the Lord, he'll help you find a way to do all of this without compromising your covenant to him. He is really, really good at that. All right, friends. I hope that helps. Let me know. I hope you have a great week. Take care.